Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Ariel Helwani basketball show. Man, am I excited about today's episode. This one, whew, this one makes me all tingly inside. I am so excited to present this episode and this interview to all of you. It's with the one and only, the incomparable, the inimitable Jason Williams, a.k.a. White Chocolate. You remember White Chocolate, right? He bursts onto the NBA scene in the 1998-1999 season with Sacramento, three years with the Kings. Highlight after highlight after highlight. Crazy pass and assist after crazy pass and assist. I mean, just the man, the absolute man. Everyone was copying him. Everyone was trying to emulate him on the court. What a pleasure it was. And, you know, at this time, I'm 10th grade, 11th grade, playing basketball, like this is the height of my, you know, not so good basketball career, just trying to copy this guy and doing a horrible job of doing so. Then he goes to Memphis, of course, and has a great run there. Wins an NBA championship with the Miami Heat in 2006, plays for the Heat for three seasons, um, goes to Orlando, and then comes back to Memphis. An unbelievable run and career. And the amazing thing now is with the uh, the resurgence, if you will, of the Sacramento Kings franchise, you know, a lot of those late 90s, early 2000s players like him and Peja and Vladi and Chris Webber, etc., are being talked about and remembered. And he was back in Sacramento. It's no longer Arco. It's now the Golden One Center, getting all kinds of love at the beginning of the Kings Warriors uh, playoff series. And it was lovely to see uh, a great guy with a great story who was an inspiration to so many who had his ups and downs, but uh, is now getting a lot of love and um, and, and and still thriving, doing other things, playing other sports, which we talk about. Uh, but it's it's a it's a great honor, and it's lovely to talk to Jason Williams. And when I say he's doing other things, you can actually play golf with him over at JasonWilliams55.com, which um, is a crazy. Exp- could you imagine just playing a round of golf with Jason Williams? But I also want to mention that uh, this weekend, if you're listening to this live as it's being posted, uh, this weekend. He's doing a fantasy camp along with Stance, who I'm a big fan of, and I want to let you know a little bit about it. It's uh, the Jason Williams collabo with Stance Fantasy Camp presented by Moxie. Jason Williams is proud to be doing his fourth annual fantasy camp in collaboration with Stance, where attendees get the rare opportunity to hang out and hoop 
with NBA legend and champion Jason Williams for an afternoon in sunny San Clemente, California. This year, they took it up a notch and will feature a recovery and hydration station from Hyperice and Hydrex. They helped us hook up this interview with Jason Williams, so I want to give them a shout out. If you go to his Instagram page, there's a link in the bio for how you can sign up. Space is limited. Time is ticking if you're listening to this when this interview drops, so go check it out if you're in the area. It's a great opportunity to learn and play with a living legend. Speaking of that living legend, without further ado, here's my conversation with white chocolate, Jason Williams. Enjoy. Oh, wow. What a great honor this is. I mean, it's not every day that you get to talk to a living legend, a man that I watched for many, many years, admired for many, many years, failed in trying to emulate him on the court for many, many years. One of the most exciting players in the history of the NBA, former Sacramento King, former Memphis Grizzly, former Miami Heat, Orlando Magic, the one and only, the pride of Bell, West Virginia, Mr. White Chocolate himself, Jason Williams. This is tremendous. Jason, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Oh, man, I appreciate you having me, brother. You're too kind. Uh, Well, thank you so much. Uh, Wow, so much to talk to you about. This is a huge honor. Like I said, let's get right into it. A lot going on in your life and around your life, and I'm very excited about all of that. Uh, First, I have to ask, I I saw you at the Golden One Center just a couple of weeks ago for the beginning of the Kings Warriors series, all the love that you received there from the fans. What was that like for you to go back to Sacramento for their first playoff game in 16 years and see just the the buzz and the and, and the hoopla and all the attention that they were getting and then all that love being shown to you. Bro, it was it was like no other, man. It's like I mean, I thought I thought for sure Arco Arena was the loudest place that I've ever played in and and I'm not just saying Arco just because the sac- we're talking about the Kings and things like that, but you can ask a lot of players Arco Arena was was really a loud place especially in the playoffs, but Golden One Center the other night was the loudest building that I've ever been in, bro. It's like the atmosphere, I've never seen any or felt anything like it. And, and for them to pull out a win was, was huge for, for not only the team, but the city as well. So hopefully they can pull out the series, but they're in a dogfight now, bro. Uh, when you're there and you're watching and it's Sacramento and everyone's going crazy, do you feel like you're back in the late 90s, early 2000s? Like, was it nostalgic for you? Yeah, a, a little bit, you know, just because of the playoff atmosphere. But, but honestly... I think their team this year is better than our team was back then. You know, just 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 the way the game's being played today, and as fast as they are, and as good as De'Aaron Fox is, man, he he's like he's like a, a huge part, probably the biggest part to that team. What what makes them go? But but Mike Brown, you got to give him a lot of credit too for getting those guys to where they are today. Wow, that's a big statement. You think that they're better than you guys were back then with with Vladi and 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 C Web and Peja? What makes you think that? I just think from top to bottom, from one through fifteen, you know, they're they're just more athletic. They're more, they have more talent. Just because these kids nowadays are so talented, you know. So you got a guy sitting at the at the end of the bench, like like on a Sacramento Kings team that's that's so far, so much more athletic than most guys back in the nineties. So I'm just giving, you know, you can't teach talent. So I'm just giving a nod to the to the most talented team, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when you were there, I saw you on uh, the local television talking about all the jerseys, all the 55 jerseys. Does it blow you away 20 plus years after you left the team that you're still so popular and so beloved and people are still rocking your jersey there? It is crazy, man. I was sitting on my balcony before the game started out there just watching people tailgate and, and, and party and, and ring those dang cowbells, bro. Uh, I saw so many 55 jerseys. I, I got to think to myself, maybe 
Maybe the Kings have signed somebody that wore 55 right before the playoffs, bro. I, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even fathom. Sorry, not imagine. But I can't even fathom the, the love that I get out there, you know, with, with the 55 jerseys and, and, and the fan support that I still receive. It's, it's, it's incredible. Why do you think you connected with that community so well? Um, you know, I, I hope it's because that the, they just saw a little bit of themselves in me, you know, just, just a normal, normal dude, just out there trying to play, uh, have fun playing ball and, and just wanted to do whatever I could to do to get a win. And that's all I wanted to do was win. Yeah. I, I saw recently you did an interview actually a couple of years ago where you talked about how, you know, yeah, you did the flashy stuff and the highlight stuff, but really what was most important to you was winning and and sometimes you felt like maybe people thought that winning wasn't most important because you got a couple turnovers here and there because you're trying different things but above all you were always about winning and your teammates knew that and you felt maybe like the public didn't look at you in that way is that accurate that's accurate you know i I just i just don't feel like that maybe the the general public gives me a fair shot when it comes to that i i don't really i don't really i mean i don't want to say i don't care but I don't care about, you know, the turnovers and things like that, whether they criticize that or not. But I just want them to know the real me. And, and like I said in that interview that you heard, as long as my teammates and my, my coach and staff knows that all I want to do is win, that's all that really matters. Um, you, you come into the league and your head coach is Rick Adelman, and he tells you, like, if, if you mess up with a pass or whatever, like, just do it again. I don't care. If you would have come in with a different coach – who was maybe a stickler, who was old school, who didn't really see the magic that you possess. Do you think the trajectory of your career would have been completely different? Um, you know, who knows? Uh, that, that's hard to say, I think. It, it could have been. Um, but I, I don't think I would have changed my game. Obviously, I would have got traded or, or, or something would have happened on that end of it. But but for, as far as me changing my game, I, if I could still play today, I'd still play the exact same way that you saw me back playing in 98. So... So when it comes to that, 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 that's all I know, bro. I, I practiced all that stuff that you see me do my whole life. So there's no, there was no way that any one person was going to tell me not to do the things that I've practiced my whole life. So, um, no, that would have not changed. Could a player like you, like if, if, if you were, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old, 22, entering the league today, could you thrive in today's NBA? You know, I would like to think I could, but I think... <clears throat> I think the part where I would struggle is scoring the ball. I think a lot of these guards today have to score 25, 30 points for their teams to be successful. And I really wasn't that kind of guy. You know, I wasn't looking for my shot. You know, these guys are taking 25, 30 shots a night. If, if, it, if it, that were me, it's hard for me to take 25 or 30 shots. Now, I'd have fun trying, don't get me wrong. But, but for me to actually take 25, 30 shots a night and, and, and my team depend on that for us to win, I'd struggle with that because I'm not a scorer. Never have been, never will be. And and you were never looking for the shot, right? Like you would you would prefer 15 assists over 30 points, right? For sure, I'd rather that. But but at some point, you have to look for your shot because the defense. You have to keep the defense honorable at some point. Right. Um. You know, it's it's interesting because in today's NBA, you see all these guys with the, the trainers and their videos on on social media and things like that. It almost seems a little bit manicured to a degree. How do you feel about that, that whole culture? Because, you know, it's, it, part of your magic was that it looked like you were just like streetballing out there. I know you weren't. I know, I know you practice hours upon hours. But that whole culture of, you know, having the, the personal trainer and the videos on social media and all that, do you like that? 
Um, I, I, th- I do like it because I like, as, as, as a player, I like getting to see those guys work out and things like that. But, but at the same time, I think, I think these trainers nowadays with not necessarily, necessarily league guys or, or, or major D1 guys, but these young kids that have these trainers that are, are kind of just like, okay, we're going to work out for an hour and we're going to do ball handling for the first 15 minutes. And then we're going to switch over, do some defensive slides for 15 minutes. And then the next thing and the next thing, well, Whereas when I was working working out growing up, I didn't have that trainer. Um, I would just be in the gym by myself and, 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 you know, picking the dribble up where I wasn't supposed to pick my dribble up and working on these different kind of pivots, you know. And if you, were, if you saw me looking, looking from afar, you'd think I was crazy. But my point is the imagination. I think the imagination is, is gone from these kids today because of the fact that they have the trainer telling them what to do each minute of the workout. Whereas I didn't have that. I was just out on a limb just trying crazy stuff and, and who knows, maybe one day I'll be trapped in a game across half court and I'll need that crazy pivot. Were you always that kind of player or did, did the imagination kind of develop later on in your playing? Like when you were in high school, when you got older, when did that start to develop? I think it started at an early age because like, like I said, I was, I was a lot smaller than everybody and I couldn't really get my shot off playing ball early. So I had to figure out some, some way to stay on the court, you know, because if you lose, you got to sit down. So maybe I just thought about passing early and guys like to shoot. So they're going to play with me, like to play with me because I'm looking to pass, not shoot. And, and you were always by yourself, like in the gym. You never had someone that you worked out with in the summertime. Anything, like you're just alone? Yeah, just alone, man. Just get, trying to get it done, man. Just throwing passes, throwing alley-oops, running and getting that ball and, and breaking the press, coming back the other way and doing the same thing for hours on end, bro. Um, you, you were often compared to Pistol Pete. Did you like that comparison, and was there a better one in your mind? Um, of course I like that comparison. I mean, Pistol Pete's one of a kind and very unique player in his own right. Um, I really didn't get a scene play like I, I wish I could have. I've seen a couple highlights and a couple of uh, uh, film footage of him, but it was like in black and white and, and no volume, so it's hard for me to watch that. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the things that he's done, he did with the basketball was was amazing. Were you trying to emulate anyone, or were you legitimately just being yourself out there? Like, were you taking inspiration from anyone that you had ever seen play? Um, not, not, not in particular. You know, I, I could watch anybody play. You know, I could watch you play. I could watch your buddy play. And if I saw a move that I like, that, that I liked uh, that you guys did, and I didn't have it in my bag, then I would definitely go to the gym the next day, if not that evening and try to try to put that move in my bag. So there really wasn't just any one particular guy that I tried to emulate. You know, I was just trying to take pieces from here, you, you, wherever, you know, just to try to make my game better. 98, 99, 2000, could you even put into words what your life was like? Like when you burst onto the scene and, and all those passes and, and the elbow pass and everything that you're doing, the Kings are rolling and you're playing on NBC, how crazy was your life? It was it was it was it was a zoo, bro. It was a zoo, but a, a good zoo, you know. Um, um, I got a good family uh, behind me, so kept my head level. And obviously, you know, I get a lot of a lot of a lot of credit for these passes and things like that. But, bro, without my teammates, none of this would be possible. You know, they 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 caught all these passes, and I'm sure over half of them were bad passes, and they still caught them. So they really made me look good, bro. So a lot a lot of times, like I said, we're talking about me doing this elbow pass and me doing that and me doing that, but. It's my teammates, bro. Not without them, it wouldn't be no me, bro. Do you, do you think about those days like like do you miss that, 
all that attention or are you okay without it? Um, uh, the attention, uh, I don't miss that at all, you know, uh, uh, but I do miss my teammates. I do miss the plane rides. I do miss the locker room and the bus rides and things like that. Um, those were, those were some of the stories that, that are priceless, you know, that, I mean, just unbelievable. You know, speaking, you know, the passes were great, but honestly, my favorite Jason Williams highlight and the one that I tried to emulate and always failed was one where you scored. Um, and I wonder if it's at the top of your list. I don't know if you can pick one. It's like picking your favorite child, but against the Sonics and Gary Payton, when you crossed them up and then you went off the backboard and, and, and how you like your legs kind of split like this, you, you know, the one I'm talking about, right? In Seattle, I, that I to know. me was yeah. like quintessential. Like I like that. And I tried to emulate that the way you floated it up there against Gary Payton, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. I mean, that to me was the ultimate. Is that up there for you as well? Well, I appreciate that. And, and yes, it is up there for me just because it's Gary Payton. You know, I'm not so sure the move itself would have been the same if it was just say, uh, let's just say, uh, I don't want to say anybody's name because some I don't random want to guy, right? I'm Correct. You know, so, so yeah, Gary, Gary Payton being a part of that was definitely, definitely a, a big part of my career too, as well. Did he say anything to you after that? Because I saw a clip where he like kind of smiled. After, and he shook his head. I know this is like 20-something years ago, so you may not remember, but do you recall him saying anything to you after that? Well, I'll never forget that play to the day I die, first off. Uh, I don't care how many years later it will be. Okay. But, but no, he didn't say anything to me after. He just gave me a smirk. But believe you me when I tell you this, he said plenty enough prior to that move to, to make up for stuff after the move. Trust me. <laughs> do you have a favorite highlight? Um, You know... I, I, I don't think I do, but there was a pass in Indiana that I made um, coming down. It was kind of like a three-on-one, and I think it was Rick Smith's, and he Reggie Miller might have been trailing, Mark Jackson maybe, and Jalen Rose kind of. I kind of threw it through two of them, and Vladi was coming down the middle trailing behind me, and no one saw Vladi, I think, in the whole building but me. And I, I seen him as soon as I got the ball 94 feet away on the other end. So as soon as I threw it through those guys, they kind of crisscrossed. They thought I was going to lay it in, which I probably should have. But I, but I just those guys just parted like the Red Sea. So I just kind of dumped it behind me. That's one of my favorite ones. But do you remember the day that you were told that you were getting traded from the Kings? Of course. Could you tell me about how you felt when you got that call? Because it really felt like you guys were building something special. Yeah, it was kind of tough, you know. But but I, I think it was time. I think for for both of us, really. Because I think when I was there, I don't think we really were thinking about championship. You know, I don't know if we could really honestly look at ourselves in the mirror and say we could beat Shaq and Kobe when push come to shove. I don't know. We never really had that discussion as a team, really. I mean, every team's trying to win a championship, right? But realistically, right. if you're real with yourself, there's only two or three teams, four teams at the beginning of each year that are going to win the championship. Um, so I didn't think we – I think I think that was the best move for both both – the Kings and myself, because I think they got better when they got Mike Bibby for myself, because that, that gave them a better chance of beating the King. I mean, the uh, Lakers with the way they play with Bibby, the way he could shoot the ball and things like that. And of course it, it kind of set me free to go do my thing too. So, um, I was sad at first, but after you understand what, what it's all about, that's, that's, that's a big part of the business and life goes on and, and, and things happen for a reason. And I went on to do my thing. They, they went on to do their thing and, Hopefully they can get a championship this year. So get that off there, get that under their belt. Did you did you still watch them? You know they 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 were making their run afterwards, or was that hard? 
Of course, yeah, and it was hard because, but but like I said, I knew down deep that they were going to be a better team, but there was still a little bit of a little bit of me that wanted them to struggle just because I think every player that gets traded wants the other, the, the team that, that that traded them want them to struggle a little bit, but but down deep, bro, I, I wanted them to succeed because they were my buddies and 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 the guys, the the organization drafted me and gave me a chance. So obviously, yeah, I want them to succeed for sure. Uh, you had great success in Memphis, and you and Powell were tremendous. And uh, you got traded the year or the off season that they moved from Vancouver to Memphis. Would you have been okay playing in Vancouver? Because famously, a lot of guys didn't want to play over there. Would you have been okay if they were the Vancouver Grizzlies and not the Memphis Grizzlies? Bro, I'd have been fine. I'm from Bell, West Virginia. I don't know if you know much about Bell, West Virginia, <laughs> but, but but I love Bell, West Virginia. Don't get me wrong, but most cities are are are, are booming compared to Bell, West Virginia. So. Yeah, I would have been fine in Vancouver. Like I said, I would have went anywhere to play in the NBA, bro. I, I, I've been wanting to do that my whole life, and it wouldn't have mattered where or who with or what color jerseys they wore or if they played outside or inside, I was there, bro. Uh, speaking of color, I want, I wanted, I've always wanted to ask you this. You know, like for kids like myself who grew up playing basketball, a big reason why I think you were an inspiration was you were so fun. But also, you know, let's be honest. There weren't a lot of white guys who were playing like you and and who we could like say like, oh man, if he's doing it, I could do it. Were you comfortable with that? Were you comfortable being that guy to all the young white ballers out there? Um, you know, part of the nickname is white chocolate and, and that's no coincidence as well. Were you okay with that, you know, that 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 role that you were playing, being a role model to young white ball players who didn't really have a lot of people looking as cool and playing as well as you did on the court? Absolutely, bro. And, and probably the only reason they weren't looking as cool and playing as good as me is because they didn't have as good as teammates as me, bro. That's right. <laughs> uh, but but honestly, bro, to answer your question, I didn't I didn't I didn't see myself as that, bro. I was just I know I was probably that to a lot of people, but I just wanted to go out and play ball, and that's what it was. Whether whether I was called white chocolate or not, I was still going to play that way. So it, you know. It was just basketball to me. I think I think all the fans and everybody else made it this crazy uh, hoopla about the behind-the-back passes and all that stuff. But like I said, if there were no TV, if there were no interviews, if there were no any of that, I would still play the same way. Um, my understanding is that someone in the King's PR office gave you the nickname White Chocolate. Initially, did you like it, and do you remember how it was presented to you? Um, you know, like I said before, I... You could have called me anything you wanted to call me, bro. I was going to go out and play the same way. Um, yeah, it didn't bother me a bit, you know. If that's what you wanted to call me, that's what you wanted to call me. And and I I, I, I like the nickname. It doesn't bother me a bit, bro. Um, but I, I think in today's society, I'm glad I got the nickname when I did because today I don't think it will fly. No, you don't think so? Nah, just the way the you know the way the culture is and yeah and craziness in the world. You know, I just don't think people would would buy into it. You know what I mean? I love how much you keep talking about your teammates. Uh, is there a particular team that you are most fond of? Like one particular season, something about the camaraderie with the guys that sticks out? You know, above all the other ones. It's hard to pick one team, but I mean, Memphis, Sacramento, and Miami, and then again in Orlando. Those guys. I know it sounds cliche, but Every one of my teammates that I had in my, throughout my whole career were freaking great. Um, I mean, Sacramento was near and dear to my heart because that was the first stop. And that's what really I'm known for is my Sacramento days. But then we go to Memphis. We're supposed to have a bad team. I was supposed to win, win 50 games three years in a row, get into the playoffs and, and, and cause commotion in the Western Conference a little bit. 
and then we get to Miami and uh, and I win a championship. So it's it's hard not to say Miami days because that's what we we all try to do is accomplish as as a player is win a championship, and we did that. But all four stops in Orlando was great too with Dwight Howard and Vince Carter, those guys, man, Stan Van Gundy. We had a great team. I mean, we had ten guys. That was probably the deepest team that I've ever been a part of, uh, one through fifteen. But um, we just just came up a little short to a better Boston team. I, I read a story, and I'm wondering if you can confirm. Chris Weber said that you were the best rookie because they tried to get you to do all kinds of crazy stuff, and you just did it, and you never complained. And then one time, they were on the bus, and they were looking for you, and they couldn't find you. And then when the bus parked, you were like, you were sleeping with the cargo. You were hanging out like under the bus. And then they asked you where you were, and you were like, I don't want to, I don't want to hang out with you bitches up up top there. Is that true? That's true, man. And there's there's a little twist to that, you know. Chris okay. Weber, they they knew exactly where I were it was because they made me get under that bus oh. know, for, my, for my rookie for my rookie duties, bro. Like, like you know, I learned from my uh, vets before. You know, when you become a rookie, they're gonna make you do these things, donuts, and bring them this, bring them that, carry their bags, and like they just tell me to do it, just do it. And and once they realize that it doesn't bother you, they'll quit asking you. Well, that never worked with me, bro, because they kept asking and kept asking some crazy stuff. But yeah, that that was a, that was that was one of the worst ones. When I had to ride under that bus in Boston, it was freezing cold. Oh my god, how long? Uh, it's probably about a twenty minute ride from the Damn. airport to the hotel. And, Felt and like two days. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of mean, no? I mean, I the donuts thing is fine, well, but like mean, down there, no. Yeah, well, you know, I thought it was. I didn't think much of it then, but I would never ask a rookie to do that. Were you, were you tough on rookies later on because you you got that kind of heat? Not really, you know. I just I just try to sit back and try to teach them like some hardheads that didn't want to do some things. That's gonna make it. They're gonna make it worse on you, you know. So I just I was the kind of guy that's like, look, man, just bring the donuts in the morning a couple of times, and, and they'll never ask you to do it again. But some of those rookies are hard headed, man. Right. Yeah. Um. I was watching some highlights of yours. The uh, I think it was Game Six Eastern Conference Finals, going to the finals in two thousand six. You scored ten consecutive buckets in that game against Detroit when you were playing for Miami. Um. In terms of offense, and I know you're you're known, you know, obviously for the assists, but in terms of offense, is that one up there in terms of the games where you like stage stakes and you feeling it? They were leaving you open because they wanted other. You know, they had Shaq and and D Wade, and they were trying to get you to beat them. To come up big like that, is that up there with some of your best games? For sure it is because, again, that was, that was the best year of my career, I think, you know, going to the championship and winning it that year. And, and like, you you pretty much framed it. They they wanted they, – their game plan was to make someone else beat them other than Shaq and D-Wade, and I just felt good that night. I, now I, I think I know what Kobe and all those guys felt like on their hot, hot shooting nights every night. So So I got to feel like a superstar for one night at least. Winning in South Beach, what was that like? Winning the championship, what, what was that celebration like? It was great. You know, it was great for Pat Riley. You know, it was good to see Pat Riley. It really meant a lot for him to win that championship. Uh, he made a huge trade and, and, and did a lot of overhaul to the organs. I mean, to the roster to get that done that year. And, and it, what a journey it was, bro. The, the journey all the way through the championship was probably more rewarding than actually winning the thing. But but winning the thing was pretty rewarding too. Um, recently, uh, the NBA posted like some highlights of yours, and in the caption, um, or sorry, excuse me, in the comments, LeBron James wrote something about you. Did you ever see this? Did anyone ever tell you about this? 
I did not, but man, if LeBron James was saying something, I'm a big LeBron guy. That that means a lot. He he wrote, "My dude, you was out there silly with it. League wasn't ready for what you possessed. Definitely wish I was at the end of one of those lobs or no looks." That's LeBron James saying that. That's pretty damn. That's pretty damn big. That that that's crazy to me. And and that 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 kind of falls back to like when we were talking about the '55 jerseys in Sacramento. This it's crazy to me that I have this many fans. Um, it's it, and then let alone LeBron saying something to me. It's just. I'm just a normal dude, just like anybody else. That's the way I look at myself. So, um, like I said, without my teammates, it wouldn't be me. Were you always this humble? Um, I, I like to say yes. Um, I just, I just, you know, I think I tell kids and, and people all the time, I think like 80% of the league, let's just say 80% of the league are, are black guys, okay? So most, probably 75 of that 80%, was born knowing they were going to go to the NBA. Whereas a guy like me had to work every day just to get a chance. And then when I did get the chance, guys like me have to work, start working harder every day again once we get there because there's so many guys just trying to take our spots. And I'm just so blessed to be a part of that group, that fraternity, the NBA fraternity. Do you, do you still watch the NBA a lot these days? For sure. There's a big thing called load management that's kind of hurting the league to a degree. How do you feel about this? Uh, I don't dig it. I don't dig it, you know, because I love to play ball and I I can't play ball anymore just because I'm just, I can't do it. You know what I mean? I mean, physically I could go out there and play, but I couldn't play nowhere near like I'd want to play. So I don't even do it. So what my point is one day they're not going to be able to do it. So I just, I don't know why they want to take days off. And I'm not so sure it's the players. I think maybe it's coming from the owners and organizations as well in some cases. So all the blame can't be put on the players. Do you, do you like the play-in tournament? I don't. I don't just because I'm an old-school guy, you know, just that's what 82 games are for. That's the play-in tournament. Right. You know, to me. To me. But I totally understand why uh, Adam Silver's doing everything he's doing. He's a, the greatest commissioner in sports to me. Um managing the best organization sports organization in the world to me um so i've never been a uh, a commissioner of anything so who am i to sit over and critique mr silvers right no no fair enough uh is there anyone in the league right now that reminds you at least a little bit of you uh maybe a little bit just a little bit it'd be Lamelo ball and only because i think he has the courage aka balls right. to, to try passes um, where I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of other guys are really looking to pass. Like I said earlier, these guys got to score for their teams to be successful. Uh, do you think that part of that courage thing, like the lack of courage with social media, if you mess up, you become, you know, like a meme, people want to clown you and all that stuff. And so guys are afraid to go out there and try different things to, to even take charges, right? Because if you try to take a tar- charge and you get dunked on, everyone's going to post these clips. Right. Like, do you feel like some of that is part of the problem in the league as opposed to when you were playing 20-something years ago? I think it's a part of the problem in basketball, but not in the league. I want to say not in the league because these dudes are the greatest hoopers in the world. So I don't think they have any fear or any regrets or or I, 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 that's what I want to believe. Like, okay. they're not scared of, of any of that. But maybe... Uh, a high school, college, and even uh, middle school and things like that, for sure that the, the, the social media hinders their game. 
Um, when your son Jackson was coming up, he was a big sensation on social media, and people were posting videos about him, talking about him. He resembled you a lot. Were you comfortable with that? Uh, sure, I was comfortable with it. I just wish he was started playing ball a little bit earlier than he did. Uh, maybe fell in love with it a little bit sooner than 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 waiting too long to to really start liking it because he had a lot of talent. Um, just didn't really utilize it earlier in his life. And that surprised me, given who his dad was. Uh, any particular theory as to why he took to it late? You know, I'm just thinking maybe he he knew how much I put in it, and he, or well, I don't know if he knew how much I put in, but I think he realized how much he needed to put in, and he wasn't willing to do that. So maybe he didn't want to, you know, teeter with it and be compared to his dad and things like that. But I don't know. Is he still playing now? No, he's he's finished. He played a little JUCO last year, and now he's just. Just taking classes and working now, just real life has hit okay. it. That's right. Uh, your your daughter, though, is going to Florida, right? She's a top softball recruit. Yeah, she plays a little bit of softball. She's a senior in high school this year. She'll be going to Florida next year. Can't wait for that. And I know she's excited to get up in Gainesville and, and, and try to do big things for the Gators. What is it like for you to watch You know, your daughter, your kids succeed now in athletics, but you're just the dad. You're just on the sideline watching. What is that like? Um, it, it's great. I love going to the games, you know, and, uh, sometimes I, I like to stay in the outfield so I don't, I don't get any, don't have to yell at the umpire for any bad calls or things like that. Um, my youngest daughter plays a little volleyball. I can sit front row of those things because I don't know the rules of volleyball, so I can't yell at the umpire. I'm just smiling and agreeing with them all the time. I love that. Um, and you're also a big golfer, right? I even saw on your website, which is jasonwilliams55.com, people can actually sign up and pay to play a round of golf with you? Oh man, that's great! Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm actually, I'm actually in Virginia right now, getting ready to play with a, a couple guys tomorrow. Uh, I can hardly wait, man. I love meeting these new guys and and playing golf and and trying to trying to make as many birdies as I can. I hope they don't take too much money from me tomorrow. So these are just random dudes, like you've never met them before. Random dudes, bro. You know, um, obviously, you know, we do a little background check when, when when they sign up and things like that, just to make sure that they're not really, really off their rockers, so right. to speak. But, um, yeah, I can't wait, man. I, I love golf and I think golf is great. And I, and, and I thought, I thought about doing things like this, but I thought spending four hours with, with, with a true fan, I think they get to talk to me and I'll get to tell a couple stories. I think it's, it's ideal for both parties. Um, I, I, so I heard you're pretty good. Like how would you rate your golf game right now? Well, you know, it depends on who you're hearing from. You okay. know, that's all you got to take that into consideration, yeah. but but I'll hold my own, man. I'll hold my own. I'll do my thing. You know, I'm probably like a six handicap. So, you know, oh, wow. I, I know what I'm doing. Did you play when you were in the league too? I did not. I wish I would have. I wish I would have taken advantage of all the all the opportunities that I had and, and, and people that I, that I knew and were willing to help me. Probably give me a lot of free golf back when I was playing ball. That's right. Is, is there anything that you would have told yourself, not, not regarding golf, but like, do you wish that you would have known when you were 20, 21, if you could tell that kid, now that you have the wisdom and the experience, any type of advice? Is there anything that you would tell him? Um, I'll just tell him to be himself, man. Don't, you know, if you set your goals one way, don't, don't, don't let anybody deter you from, from reaching those goals. And, and just because two or three people don't see it the same way you see it, that doesn't mean it's, it's not there. And even though the way you see it could be blurry. It's if you see it, bro. I think you 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 can accomplish it. So, I would just tell a young kid, man, do you, man, just do you. As as long as you're respecting people and and doing things the right way and trying to 
go about the right way, trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve, then shoot to hell with what people think or, or, or say about you. Um, and just a couple more. Uh, I understand you're a big boxing fan as well. I like a little bit of boxing. Yeah, man. Did, did you watch the Tank Davis Ryan Garcia fight? Of course I did, and I'm getting too old. We gotta talk for pay per view and tell him tell him to get the fights a little like I know. at least an hour and a half earlier. That'd be great. I feel but, you, man. But I was I was I was kind of disappointed in 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 the way that fight ended. But that that just goes to show you that those body shots, bro, aren't no joke. Because if you watch that fight, you know Ryan Garcia wanted to win that fight like no other man, and as as, as so did Tank Davison. I know it killed Ryan Ryan Garcia to take that knee, but but I mean he had to, bro, because if he didn't, you know what it's like when you get the air knocked out of you. Imagine Tank Davis coming after right. you when you can't breathe. It was just, it was just, it was the right decision. But those guys got to fight again, don't you think? I, I would love to see it maybe down the line, not at that weight though, because they made him go down to one thirty six and they put a rehydration yeah. clause, which I didn't think was fair. Yeah. And then you get hit to the body, and you can't help but wonder, like, did all that weight cut and that dehydration affect him? you know, not being able right. to take that body shot. But I've seen some people say that they thought he quit, which I don't think is fair, man. If you think he quit, no. like, you, you've never taken There's a no shot from way. a guy like Tank Davis, right? That's correct. There's no way that guy quit. That, 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 that guy's lived his whole life for that day. There's no way he quit, bro. There's no way. Yeah. I feel for him because a lot of people are questioning his heart. But, you know, Ryan Garcia is... is uh, is used to yeah he's i mean and he's used to the criticism too so i think he can handle it um you're also doing this weekend uh a seminar and you've been doing um a bunch of these it's actually a fantasy camp let me be correct here moxie presents the stance collabo with jason williams fantasy camp let me just read this real quick jason williams is proud to be doing his fourth annual fantasy camp in collaboration with stance by the way my favorite socks my favorite gear I love stance where attendees can get the rare opportunity to hang out and hoop with NBA legend and champion Jason Williams for an afternoon in sunny San Clemente, California. This year, they took it up a notch and they will feature a recovery and hydration station from Hyperice and Hydrex. So what is this? Like people sign up and they get to hang with you and play? Is this all ages? Tell me about this. Bro, it's not all ages. It's, it's I mean, I guess we would let some kids in, but uh, we kind of we kind of do it like where we get at like 35, 40-year-olds, like guys my age. So people that watch me hoop growing up uh, can come out, and, and we just run it like a, like, a, like a basketball camp. We have different stations. We do ball handling drills. We do passing drills. We do things like that. We do shooting games and like that. And then at the end of the camp, we, we do a little scrimmaging. So it's kind of just like coming out and, and hang with me and, and my guys for a day and, and see what it's like to hoop with us. And there's a link in your Instagram uh, bio for those that want to get more information on this. Do you actually play with the guys? Of course I do, you know. And, and I think I think the recovery and the re, uh, the rehydration part of it this year is more so for me than anybody else, bro. Yeah, because I remember you, you <laughs> tore your ACL, um, I think it was the first day of the big three, and I know you were devastated because, you know, you kind of felt like you let Ice Cube and everyone down, and no one wants to get injured. Have you made a full recovery? Um, I'm as full as I can be, bro, but but – my 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 focus is golf right now so okay you know i'm gonna go out and play a little hoops but but i can't i can't pull a hamstring or anything like that uh last thing and just to tie this all together i know you were in manila recently and uh the reception for you was crazy i mean we're talking about the philippines here and you talk about a guy from bell west virginia and and here we are you know uh, what is it 2023 we're talking like 25 or so years after you entered the league and and you burst on the scene 
you're in the Philippines. We're not talking Miami. We're not talking Utah. We're not talking New York, the Philippines. And people still remember you and have love for you and freak out when you're in their presence. When you see that, what goes through your mind? Just, I mean, I don't know what to think, bro. It's like that far away, the fans that I have, they don't even call me Jay Wheel. They don't call me White Chocolate. They don't call me Jason. It's 50. I'm known as 55 in Manila, bro. It's, I've, I've never, I've never seen, I've been to China, I've been to Shanghai, I've been to Beijing, things like that. And, and Sacramento, even Sacramento, they got, I got mad love in Sacramento, but, but nowhere like Manila do they like 55 anywhere wow. in the world, bro. It's, Why do you think that is? I, you know, that's funny you say that because the driver that I had today, we were talking about the same deal and he asked the same question. And I told him, I think and what they told me is because most of those people in the Philippines are really small people. And they can just relate to me for me being uh, such a shorter player. And, and they love to pass the ball. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. They can come down and da 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 And as long as they go behind the back, bro, that's all that matters. And, and the Philippines, I got a lot of love from Manila now that I've been and, and seen the love that I got there. I can't wait to go back. Was that your first time there? Um, I think it was my second time, but, but it was really my first time really knowing what time it was, if right, you know what right, I mean. Right. Now you got to go back. Oh, bro, I can't wait to go back next summer. I love that. Well, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, good luck with the fantasy camp this weekend. Good luck with the golf game tomorrow. And right. uh, people yeah. can check that out and, and maybe play with you if they're they're able to get through jasonwilliams55.com. And thank you for being an inspiration, my man. Thank you for all the great memories and all the great highlights. Absolute honor to talk to you. Enjoyed every second of it. I really appreciate it. Man, I really appreciate it too, bro. Thanks for having me. All right. Amazing stuff there with Jason Williams. What an absolute legend. Unbelievably humble as well. That kind of blew me away. Just wanted to talk about his teammates and uh, not about his own accolades. And uh, that is pretty awesome. Uh, Really great to talk to him and to see that he's in a great spot and to see that he's enjoying life. And uh, cool to see and hear that he's such a big boxing fan as well. I love that. We could do another interview just on the sweet science. Again, if you're in the area of San Clemente, California, go check out his fantasy camp this weekend. And if people are interested in setting up a camp um, in their city, you can also go to his Instagram page and there's information there on uh, how you can work with Jason and his team on setting up a fantasy camp in your neck of the woods. So go check that out as well. Thank you very much to Stance Hyperize Hydrex for setting this up and good luck to him. With the Fantasy Camp this weekend, good luck to the Kings as well. Good luck to uh, all his former teams, because a lot of them are playing in the playoffs as we speak. And uh, what a great pleasure it was to catch up with the one and only White Chocolate. 1999, Ariel would never have believed this. I hope you have enjoyed uh, this show, and I hope you have been enjoying our episodes. We had a great week last week with Action Bronson and also the Roundtable in Las Vegas with Paul Pierce. DeMarcus Cousins, and Stack My Man, Steven Jackson. Also previous conversations with the likes of Mike Brown, the head coach of the year, and of course, Bob Costas. You can check all of those out on the feed. Please continue to follow, rate, review, comment. All these things help out very much, I'm told. And we'll be back next week with a brand new conversation right here on the Ariel Helwani Basketball Show. Thank you so much to Jason Williams and his team. Thanks to all of you. I'll talk to you next week.